Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Boxing. Boxing, 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 boxing. You tune in to Outsiders Boxing Podcast, where they only gonna give you the realest talking. Boxing, boxing. Boxing, boxing, boxing. Outsiders Boxing Podcast coming to you live and in full effect on the 22nd of June, it's 2020. We're still here. Good afternoon, good evening, good night. Some people across the pond. And um, hey, we out here, man. We're making it happen as uh, as we do regularly and uh, for a long time here now. Shit, as you know, the 2015, uh, some would say self-proclaimed. I, I say it's general consensus, but uh, rookie of the year coming out from the San Joaquin Valley in Central California. Back at it again, man. Oh, man. So I know everybody's getting used to this whole boxing on Tuesday, boxing on Thursday, boxing on Saturday that we had over in Mexico uh, at the, uh, what was it, the Aztec uh, television station, I think it was. Uh, yeah, the schedule's a little upside down. The earth is on a different axis as it's been throughout the entirety of 2020, it seems. But for right now, um, it's good to be back in full effect. It's good to be back here with my guys. And, um, hey, I'm feeling real good right now. So um, coming a little later um, – I don't know if uh, Will is over there muffled a little bit, but uh, yo, so um, we were we had some show we had some uh, fights throughout the last uh, week, and um, you know there's a whole lot going on. Uh, we've seen um, you know a fight get taken off in uh, Pedraza, and uh, we've seen Gabriel Flores Jr. get in there in the main event spot. Um, you know, hopefully he's uh, doing all right and all that good stuff. We've seen some fights going across uh, down below the border in Mexico, as I mentioned before. And there's been a lot going on. Um, but it can't start off without saying uh, in the, the the times that we're in right now, it's uh, I, I was glad that uh, not a lot of madness went down that I thought that uh, would go through this, uh, this past weekend with the uh, – 45th electoral guy that has the orange hair and lives over on the Black Lives Matter Avenue in D.C. Um, with the Juneteenth being Friday going into the weekend and um, celebrating the, the freedom of slavery throughout this history, free-ish, I guess you can put it, um, to keep it real around here as we always do. But um, 
Yeah, man, it was a uh, it was a uh, a fortunate event that or a fortunate thing that did not happen this weekend with some of the uh, warnings and restrictions. And I think that that orange guy that we're talking about was supposed to have I think a hundred thousand people show up to an event, but only six six thousand did. They had a whole outdoor area for nothing. So funny stuff, man. But um, hey, um, it looks like uh, the 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 world that we're pushing towards right now probably might not ever be as normal as we thought normal was, but um, we're still moving in a positive direction um, right now. So it's not going to happen overnight, as we all know, but there's uh, there's been a, a shift, and uh, I'm glad that myself and others will be on the right side of history when this is looked back on, um, you know, 20, 30, 50, 60 years down the road back then. You might catch old Uncle R.C., uh, 60 years down the road in the gyms over there, just, you know, uh, doing some curls with some two-and-a-half-pound dumbbells. The colored ones, you know, they got the purple, pink one or whatever like that, just doing little curls over in the gym. Oh, I'll be, oh, across, you'd be about what? Uh, I'll be pushing about 92, something like that. So I'd just be doing a couple curls and watching the girls, you know? So, uh, hey, but I'll be on the right side of history. I know that for sure. Hey, but I don't want to get too far into um, all of this, but I will not – Keep silent on this uh, of, of everything that's going on in the world today, as we all know. For those who follow me on social media and all my platforms and everything that have, uh, uh, has transpired since 2016, your boy's been with the movement, and uh, it's funny. It's funny to see that people are finally catching up now. But back to boxing. So uh, today's rundown that we're gonna have. We're going to talk about, uh, I don't know why I said talk, like I was in New York for a second, but we're going to talk about um, the, the recap of all last week's events, the Tuesday fights, um, the uh, Thursday fights, and Saturday. And um, we're going to break down that, see what's going next and down forward. Then we're going to break down a video that surfaced uh, on social media. I got a hold of it from, uh, from my boy Eric Kelly. And uh, he so much so decided to post it twice. And I know that wasn't on accident. You know, EK, like, if you know EK, then you know that wasn't on accident. It could have been, but I, I don't think it was. But um, we're going to talk about Deontay Wilder, who uh, was uh, getting uh, spoken about around the World Wide Web for his, uh, his feet and lower half instead of his upper half that we normally talk about with him throwing them fists. So um, we're going to get to that. And uh, a little, um, a little not tidbit, but a little bit of a looking into what the the normal future would be in boxing as far as uh, testing and protocol. Uh, last uh, last show we had we had Doctor MCH over here, and uh, you know before the show started, I was a little down about Michaela Mayer's positive testing that is happening, um, which had her not be able to. Uh, collect your money from fighting for the second time due to testing positive to COVID-19. But that uh, the reason that that would be a topic is because it's going to go back to the uh, antibody testing that which could um, give a, a, a false reading for fighters um, who might, might or might not have a fight in the immediate um, you know, future for uh, some guys who are, say, fighting, you know, next month, next week, or something like that, as Michaela Mayer had tested positive from shedding, uh, which was 
uh, the body shedding the last remaining of the positive COVID-19 test that she had unknowingly uh, had in February, I believe. So uh, we're going to get to all that stuff. But first things first, um, let's take it to JP. We're going to go to Southern California, bring it a little different out here because it's hot. Oh, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. You know, um, something about the difference with Central California and, and Northern California could be easily, or Southern California. I guess you throw Northern California in there too. You know, we, you know, we like the, we're like the, the middle child. Since we're the middle of California, we're like the middle child of California. You know, the uh, the baby child will be be drowning. Or the baby child, they'll be, the parents will be swimming with the baby child and just keeping them afloat. The middle child's over in the back that they can't see, barely with his face. is the only thing showing from the water as he's drowning. But, you know, he'll be all right. He's the middle child. But um, I say that because, man, I'm looking at – I'm not trying to look at the temperature all week, but I decided to look at it this morning. And, uh, yeah, man, we're going to be in triple digits all week. So God's playground is where I'm going to go to. But for right now, this is like uh, – well, what, what did Jim Ross – good old Jim Ross used to call uh, the hell in the cell the devil's playground. So that's how I feel about Central California right now. We in the devil's playground is what it feels like. So I'm going to take it down to SoCal and see uh, how JP's doing. I know he probably got his, uh, his flip-flops with socks on. And, uh, you know, kicking back up on a lawn chair right now. So let's take it to my brother from Southern California and see what's going on. Inglewood, where my man always has the good coming from the way. JP, what's going on, bro? Uh-oh. Hold up. I think we got a... We got a malfunction here for a quick second. Hold on now. All right. Um, can you hear me? Oh, yeah. I can Yo. hear you, bro. You're good now. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Okay. Oh, my bad. But, yeah, we're looking at Sorry, the low that. 70s down here. Well, a little, little going to be a chilly night if, if I'm uh, predicting the forecast. But mm-hmm. um, boxing news, you know, one thing I thought about, and that's problematic for me here, is that you cannot – Boxing, you have to have a subscription at this point to get boxing. You have to have mm-hmm. an app. That's strange. You can't even get boxing on. Uh, is it on ESPN on cable? But uh, you know, but boxing is kind of hard to yeah. get these days. So that's something that uh, boxing needs to address, man. Because to be honest, as far as a cable package, <clears throat> ESPN is not included in any of the cheap packages. We all know we're cutting the cable we're cutting the cable with cable. <laughs> so so boxing yeah. has to find a better way to make itself to us common folk, man. So I'm missing a lot of these fights because I don't have the subscription and I've cut my cable. So I'm finding that to be a problem. But uh aside from that man, we got a lot of rumor mill stuff. We got old 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 Deontay, you know, taking over the boxing world as far as the boxing news uh, goes and he's <laughs> You know, if he if he moved his hands as fast as he could shake his ass, he might win some rounds. <laughs> but uh, not a not a good look, man. And um, I guess we'll get into some of it. We got a lot of rumors to talk about. I mean, old AB potentially back in the sport. If you're Adrian Broner, <clears throat> you got options galore. You know what I mean? Everybody want an AB check. And one thing, I think we ride old AB hard. But A.B. has done very well for himself in one regard, and that's not stinking out the joints. No, he doesn't win any fights, but
but no one's just knocking him out and kicking his ass. And uh, so you're going to get something there every time with old A.B. Um, we got some Gary Russell and A.B. potential news, so I, I can't wait to talk about some of that kind of stuff. So let's get to it, bro. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Willa, just let us know whenever you're ready to rock, and uh, we'll be able to get you on in here. Um, oh, yeah, I'm on. Yeah, shit, man. Oh, you good? Okay, Willa, shit, what's good, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm hey, good, uh, man. You, uh, you out there in Houston right now? You ain't moving around, are you? Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah, I'm out here in some place called Ozona, Texas, man, out here on the grill, so it might be a little windy, so I'm going to make sure I keep myself muted. But, uh, okay. you know, uh I don't know what JP's talking about. Boxing is easy to find. It's on ESPN. I mean, uh, you know, if you want to pay $15 a month for cable, you might not be able to get it. But go ahead and pay $22 a month. Get you that ESPN <laughs> package, man. And, you know, get your game up, man. But uh, boxing, I think it's, it got way better than the first week. It seems like the fights are getting better and better. Um, and, uh, you know, we got my guy out there twerking, doing things that, oh man, you know, that – I'm sure older gentlemen have done, you know, we'll talk about it more. We'll talk uh, about it more. Yeah. We'll, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll talk we'll. about it more. I'll, <laughs> I'll explain. I'll, I'll explain where I'm coming from. It's not, we're not, yeah. we're not shaking our ass that fast, but as a father, you probably hey. fake, you probably fake, fake the twerk before, especially if you've got a daughter or, uh, you know, or, or some kids, you probably don't fake the twerk, but you're not, you're not doing it that good. And that, and that well. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about that, man. Uh, you know, yep. some suspect moves by by Wilder, man, and and everything that's going down in the rumor mill, man. Uh, like I said, we got who is Crawford fighting next? Got to talk about that, and uh, you know, and these top ranks fights, which I think are getting better and better. Yeah, we're gonna talk about all that, man. Especially, it's always like we. It always seems that we always gotta who's Bud Crawford gonna fight next, or um, you know, or or Adrian Brown in the news for you know a handful of reasons. So we always got some content when it comes to uh, Adrian Broner and Terrence Crawford to a certain extent when it comes to a sport where, you know, we're not in a slow process right now. Boxing's picking up. But when it comes to uh, some of the bigger names that's going to be involved, like the upper echelons, we're talking top ten, top fucking top three, uh, top two with Terrence Crawford, you know, or uh, someone who does uh, regularly good numbers like Adrian Broner. So um, we're going to get to it, man. Um but we're going to start off with what's been going on uh, with top rank. I got some notes here that I have from uh, some of the some of the fights uh, uh, to start off with. But I guess we could start off with the um, the very first uh, main event that we had had on Tuesday with Joshua Greer Jr. Uh, the man they call Night Night. Don't blink. All this stuff. He, you know, we seen. You might have seen this character come down to the ring with a pillow and things like that, and. Uh, you see some of the flashes that he had, and um, you know uh, a lot of promise. But um, hey, man, sometimes things happen, and uh, you know you got to get back to the drawing board when you're a, a good young fighter. Uh, but uh, we're gonna talk about how he had uh, a upset loss to uh, Mike Palala, uh, Palina, something like that. Uh, Filipino the guy. Who uh, had a nice little story. It seems like you always get some of the. Ooh, oh shit! Almost start cramping up right now, fellas. Damn, my bad. Let me drink some more water. Um, but yeah, hey, we, that was a pretty good, exciting fight that was over on the main event side on Tuesday. 
And I'm real interested to hear some of the uh, takes with this uh, Greer fella because uh, in our infamous group message, there was some uh, – Willow didn't seem too sure about Greer Jr. and said, said some things. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Is, is, is this kid showing that he, he might not be the goods that everybody thought? Uh, I don't know. You know, young man, 26 years of age, um, seems like he had a, uh, a lot of charisma, has, uh, you know, a pretty good residence in the back end from Chicago. Um, you know, when you look at him, you, you, you're looking at a shorter fella. We're talking about 5'4", but um, on the, the ranking side of it, or the ratings, you know, in the world, you got him ranked number 17 in the United States, ranked number two in, uh, in his position that he's in right now. So uh, you could imagine that one had to go down or his rankings had to drop down as uh, he took an L over in the bubble at MGM Grand that we had over on the 16th. And um, we got to talk about that one because uh, upset victory, as one would call it, um, with um, Plania, Plania, I believe that's how it's pronunciated, uh, ranked number 22 in the world, number three um, in his position as well, which I'm sure he took that from uh, from Greer Jr. General Santos City, um, you know, you get the Manny Pacquiao comparisons anytime you're talking to a or talking about a fighter from the Philippines, it's just going to happen that way. Uh, but hey, yo, Willa, we've seen him, we've seen Greer Jr. get dropped by some pretty open uh, hooks in that fight. And I was pretty surprised that at one point in the fight did Paulina look like he was in any kind of trouble, looked like he was asserting himself as the aggressor, the one more controlled. He, uh, he had his range the entire fight. And uh, when he was getting the knockdowns that he had, it was just basically getting his range and baiting his range for a counter shot or a shot to follow any kind of uh, throw and punch that was coming from Joshua Greer Jr. And it picked him up a decision in the end. And uh, a big win, very big win. Uh, majority decision for Polina that, you know, he, he looked at and had, you know, high praise. Uh, not not necessarily patting himself on the back like one gentleman that we are going to speak on later. But, you know, he's looking at it and saying, that, you know, it, uh, it, it was a stunning fight. You know, it's going to change his life. And it most definitely will. When you're coming from General Santos and you're getting a win like that against a, a young, hot prospect in the U.S., especially in the U.S., over in the bubble that we had, uh, the Filipino native uh, celebrated his 10th, uh, or after he celebrated after his 10-round fight against Joshua Greer Jr. and uh, the MGM Grand Conference Center in Las Vegas. The heavily favored Greer by majority decision in their 120-pound catchweight debut, or catchweight bout, I'm sorry, uh, you've seen Greer... Go to, you know, he's going to have to go back to the drawing board. And uh, we're going to see how he ends up coming back after this one. You can see a fighter who uh, has potential like Greer most definitely, and sometimes you are just on the wrong side of the, of, um, of the decision. But this one was, I think, very clear cut, as we all know. Um, you know, that's a tough one to take. It's, a, it, it's one thing if you have a close loss and try to, you know, I, I should have did this that round, I should have did this in that moment. And uh, who knows, things could have flipped the other way. But this is all-out domination, man. Uh, Willa, what was your thoughts on this fight? Because as we uh, – I'm going to look up what the odds were right now, but as uh, everyone knows, Joshua Greer Jr. was a heavily favored winner in this fight. And uh, we had an upset, which will be moving on to bigger and better things for Mike Polina. 
uh, moving forward after this stunning victory over Joshua Greer Jr. Willa, you didn't seem like you were sold on Greer coming into the fight, but he did, you know, he looked sloppy at certain times. I'm not going to say sloppy, but he just, he just looked outclassed. But he did fight tough, and he did land some, some good punches in a later part of the, of the fight, but nothing of significance that was going to change any of the judges' mind in the majority decision victory that they gave Mike Paulina against Joshua Greer Jr. Well, what was your thoughts on the fight that it was main event on Tuesday, my man? Well, I knew, you know, when it comes to Greer Jr., he's a guy, you know, I like to – I sort of I was I've been I've seen his last couple of fights I've liked what I saw except I knew he he was getting hurt and he was getting hit a lot he was getting knocked down and his defense isn't there and I've never seen Pl- uh, Planaya whatever his name is fight before but um, you know looking to the build up and reading what he was doing he was knocking everybody out he's supposed to be fast he was tough I had a feeling that this wasn't going to be a good night for Greer and like you said man he was just hitting him with that left hook. Like it was nobody's business, man. Greer couldn't do anything about it, um, and I feel sorry for him because he was, I think, ranked uh, number one in the WBO. So he, both of these guys were going for a title fight, trying to take their, take their status to the next level. And Greer has been, you know, building up, um, you know, signed the top rank, and he's been on on his way up the ladder, man. I think this was his second loss, I believe. Um, I don't think he was an undefeated fighter, but he was coming off of. 19 wins in a row, something like that, 19-fight 19 winning streak. So, you know, but that guy, Plania, Planaya, whatever his name is, man, he – Michael, we'll just call him Michael. He looked very good in there, man. He looked – he was quick. He had an a orthodox – not an orthodox. He had a, a crazy style in there, um, you know, throwing hooks. His, his hands were down the yeah. whole time. Yeah, I felt like he was. I felt like he was fighting in a southpaw position to start off. I don't know if he changed it or not uh, throughout the fight, but I just, yeah, I, I think he was starting off the southpaw. I think. Yeah, he had a, a un. I meant to say unorthodox, unorthodox style. You know, he had that Roy Jones type of hands down. You know, he's throwing punches from uh from his waist. Um, you know, I think he looked he looked pretty good, man. He. It was a good debut for him and to the American public. I thought, you know, there's some guy that, even though he's a little dude, it's a guy that I probably want to check out. Um, but, yeah, Greer, he's just going to have to go back to the drawing board. Even though I think the fight was very close, I could have had it. I think one drillage had it a draw, and I could have had it a draw because one of the rounds he got knocked down, I think maybe in the third, he was winning. So it was just a, uh, a um, uh nine eight rounds but you know i don't know man he you know he 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 didn't look too good in the beginning man he started off real slow but once he started you know i don't know if it's because uh michael was getting tired or you know greer just changed it up but once he started going inside and fighting him uh uh polina planaya whatever his name is he couldn't he couldn't do nothing with him man so you know hopefully he gets back to he gets back on it. You know, two losses ain't gonna ain't gonna uh, kill him. You know, he's a young dude. We seen Tevin Farmer come out, um, but you know that 19 fight winning streak that he just threw down the down the drain. That sort of sucks. But you know, I feel sorry for him. I I had a feeling that was gonna happen, but the uh, I think the odds were uh, Polina was like minus 250. So betting 100 gets you 250. That ain't really you know that. That's a little bit of money, but, uh, you know, I hate to see it happen to him. It was a good fight. 
pretty good action uh, most of the fight, and it was a horrible way to go out on, uh, you know, your first main event like that for Greer. Yeah, and uh, I just got it right now. Plania is uh, the correct pronunciation for this one. Man, you know, he was throwing that hook like it was nobody's business, man. And when you see a fighter getting hit with a hook that goddamn wide, that was putting him down, I guess, I mean, I guess going into the drawing boards, you could look at that and, you know, we would think that you would have a better, um, you know, a better uh, a sense of awareness uh, when something like that would be coming apart. You know, we all knew that, like, uh, Adrian Bronos we're going to speak on, uh, what was his biggest weakness when he first got exposed by Marcos Maidana that everyone tried to do? And, you know, a lot of people did have success. It was obviously smothering Broner, but it was throwing that big hook over the top of that shoulder roll defense, man. It was getting in there every time. And you would think that something that's so wide coming from a fighter with speed and, and, and um, you know, just having some of the reflexes that they have, the reactionary defense, uh, that that wouldn't happen. So I was I was shocked when I seen plenty of, Getting those those round those big shots on Greer Jr. Uh, you know that uh, it, it it's crazy to think that a guy like Plania could just be you know a guy that nobody was worried about uh, looking like hey this guy might be the guy that we really need to push looking forward he's three years younger he's a little bit taller uh, and you know just uh, overall looks like you know um, I mean it was strange man you're looking at the tailored tape for the fight you had the last five opponents that Greer had faced. And they had an 81 percent win uh, win uh, win percentage, uh, and plenty of last five there was only a 43 percent of a win percentage. So sometimes you can look at it like, oh man, he's fighting nothing but bums. He's gonna get in there with this guy and do it. This guy's gotten in there with great competition, so he's gonna be ready. And you have sometimes just the, the ball falling flat. Well, do you think how much do you think of this upset we want to call it was due to the fact that? This is just strange, man. Like, has it got normal for you a little bit more than when it was the very first time we seen top rank with the, you know, um, in the bubble, so to speak, in the goddamn studio? Do you think sometimes for this scene and the entire venue of it all, and, and you know, the whole, like, you know, trying to normalize things as much as we can, you think that might have been something that could have got into the psyche of Joshua Greer Jr. to where this is just so much different than I'm so used to in my entire life where sometimes a hiccup like this would occur? Man, um, you know, I I don't know because, you know, unlike some of our, well, one of my favorite fighters, Greer took the L, said he was, you know, that uh, Plania, however he said his name, was the best, was the better guy tonight. He didn't make any excuses. And I think he just, yeah. you know, he just couldn't see that left that left hook. You know, it could have to do with him, you know, under – underestimating his opponent, guy coming from the Philippines, guy he's never heard of, guy he's supposed to beat. But I think, you know, he caught he got knocked down the first round, so that should have woke that should have woke him up. Right? And it, it really didn't until the third, fourth and uh, the fourth, fifth and sixth round. So, you know, I'm not gonna blame it on, on the audience and yeah, I'm getting used to it, you know. It's not uh it's not that big of a deal anymore. And, uh, you know, I think he got used to it after he got knocked down in that first round. And, you know, no excuse to be made for him. But if I'm a Plania, how do you say his name again? Yeah, you had it right, right there. Plania. Plania. If I'm Plania, uh, I'm not, uh, you know, his celebration, he was doing a lot of high-pitched squealing and all that. I think that's sort of maybe turned. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. <laughs> 
It, it takes some adjustment. It takes a certain depth of fortitude to be able to fight through it, keep to your game plan, even though you may not be able to hurt this guy. You know, and that's another thing. These young fighters come up and they're knocking everyone out. <laughs> what happens when you can't knock the first guy out? You can't knock him out. So that's what I think happened to Greer. Let me complain real quick one more time. Man, look. Boxing got to be more available, man. Look, if cable, like a freaking dinosaur at this sport, at this point is the only way you can be found. Um, you know, yeah. you need to be making some a la carte on YouTube or striking a deal with CBS to do where we could do a la carte uh, boxing nights or events or fights, whatever it is. But if I could come up with these things, I don't see why uh, boxing isn't pairing with YouTube or something of the sort. But I feel like the format being on cable is a travesty. So, yeah, man. Well, hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know you didn't get to check out the fight, but it was it was exactly opposite of what you were saying. Greer, when he got rough and started going in and started showing his balls and going forward, Polina couldn't do nothing with him. Polina was fighting more like a, you know, like I said, he had that Roy Jones type of feel, not even Pacquiao. He had his hands down. He's fighting from the outside, and Greer couldn't do nothing with him. So, uh, you know, I think Greer, I think he'll be all right. You know, he showed that he had the heart of a champion. And, uh, you know, he just needs to get his defense right and stop letting the guy hit you with hooks and sleep you and drop you, and he'll be all right. And like I said, I think this is his second loss. So he's taken a loss before. This ain't going to kill him. Um, and he sounds like he has a, a level a level, level head on his shoulder. So I'm looking forward to seeing him bounce back. Also looking yeah. forward to seeing what – what Nia can do because he's for those little guys he's packing a wallet man he's packing a wallet yeah <laughs> yeah he really is man and I mean good stuff it's harder like like we talk about with these with some of these guys who are the the lighter weights like that it's hard to get some of these guys with some pop but you could definitely see that Planea has that in him and he looked pretty good um you know commentary and things like that we were talking about uh I had listed in my notes real quick before I let Tim Bradley off the hook during the fight with Hector Perez and Juan Torres you know he's you know Tim Bradley is turning away viewership with his with his um uh picky commentary I guess you can call it you know uh, if you're the only show in town right now and you're over and your commentators over here trashing the fight saying you know it's not good it's sloppy and and just pretty much downplaying it uh, you know, someone need to have a talking to with Tim Bradley and teach him how viewership and bringing in a crowd works. You don't do that when it's this time, this point in time. Andre Ward, very, very, very smart man. You know, 200 IQ type commentary on that. The the Tim Bradley, you know, try to save him a little bit, throw him a lifeline by saying, you know, Tim Bradley's just, you know, uh, super professional and, you know, he's just a picky guy. Da, da, but I'm enjoying it. And that's a, you know, when we were talking about the heavyweight fight, Willow, when uh, Perez was fighting Torres, uh, you got some, some commentary from Tim Bradley that I think he needs to sharpen up on. Just a, just a little things, you know. Um, you know, you know during the fifth round, I believe, is when he was kind of talking crazy. And that was a pretty pretty entertaining fight that was a, a throw-in for the big guys. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of how it is sometimes. And, yeah, uh, what he said, it was, the most, you know, it was the sloppiest fight he's ever seen. Yeah, that was a little. I mean, that's a little ridiculous. We've seen some sloppy ass fights, and that heavyweight fight was not like you know. I I wasn't looking at that fight saying, "God damn, this is one of the worst fights I've ever seen in my life." Did you feel that way? No, no, I was entertained during that fight. Um, yeah. yeah, Bradley, he was being the contrarian, uh, it seemed like, and he was you know 
everything was bad to him. He was trying to point out everything and like uh like Ward said, he's the grumpy old boxer, wants everybody to be uh <laughs> be on top of their game. But yeah, you know, Tim Bradley he's taking it he's feeling himself a little bit too much, but you know, they're still my yeah. favorite group when it comes to commentary. Oh, they're awesome, man. They're awesome. I've always loved to I always loved Tim Bradley even though you know, he was hated for the the beginning, opening party of his career when he beat Manny Pacquiao. You know, I've always liked Tim Bradley. I met him a few times. Cool dude, man. But that was just, to me, like, you know, when you're trying to bring in a viewership, I guarantee you, you know, Dana, uh, Joe Rogan's not. You know, Joe Rogan, like I said, he's a fucking, he, he could have been a fucking car salesman and sold anybody the biggest piece of shit thinking that it's going to be, you know, something great as he, UFC had a, a fight where he was like talking. To, I, I was mildly entertained from just Joe Rogan's perspective of it all. He had me thinking I was going to watch Frazier versus Ali when it was two nobodies that I never heard of, but I remember the commentary of it because he reels you in that way. And I just think Tim Bradley did a little bit of a disservice to boxing by being the grumpy old man that he was uh, for whatever reason it was. I don't know. Maybe he just wasn't having a, a good day or something like that. You never know. But when there are only shows in fucking town and we don't have live sports like that, I thought he was just doing a disservice to the sport. But I'll leave it at that. I, I still like Tim Bradley. Great guy, man. Um, but moving along, we're going we're gonna to lump these ones in so we could get to the main course. But uh, we had Gable Flores Jr. Uh, Gable Flores Jr., a guy that uh, I've also met on the very first credential site that we had over with the uh, Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Good young kid. Uh, when I met him, you know, you know, I was with Jose Ramirez at the time, uh, chilling with him for the most part of the night. And, uh, you know, he's this little young guy, man. This is young dude over here, man. He's 16 years old when he got signed by top rank, as he was known as the youngest ever signed by top rank of Bob Arum, signed a, as a professional at 16 years of age. Remind you of somebody from down below, uh, somewhere in Guadalajara, I believe. But, uh, yeah, Kevin Flores Jr., uh, he had a fight that he was main eventing, as we had slightly mentioned earlier, Jose Pedraza uh, had got taken off due to testing positive for COVID-19, which will also be spoken about during the whole lump sum with Michaela Mayer's testing moving forward and all that good stuff. But um, I've seen uh, – I've seen uh, – uh, Flores Jr. fight, um, you know, and, you know, he's got some, uh, he's got some, uh, you know, he's from Stockton, California, and Stockton guys, um, you know, I'm a little bit closer to that, that area, and I know people from that area, it's a little different over there, man, it's a little different, uh, a big culture change in California, when, as I say, we're the stepchild, we're the middle child in California, being in the middle, and, you know, Southern California, that's the, that's when you got the uh, you got the uh, let's say that's that's Peyton Manning, you know, and in the middle of California we're like Cooper Manning, you know, and uh, and over in the north side you got some uh, you know some good fighters from out of the way like Andre Ward over the, the the difference of the the culture I mean is just so so odd, like odd though off you see Nate Diaz being one of the most famous fighters from Stockton and the way Nate Diaz talks. It's kind of like how everyone talks over there, man. Uh, I, I, was, I was speaking to some guys from Stockton last week, actually, and I didn't know they were from Stockton until – I mean, I didn't know they were from Stockton, but I knew they were from Stockton just by the way they talk. It's a, it's a whole different vibe over there. And, uh, you know, Gable Flores Jr., he had a pretty – I mean, he had a pretty good performance. He said that he had a, a lower back injury that was bothering him uh, through every punch that he had landed, probably why he tried to get old boy out of there in the first round. And it looked like he was getting close to it. Um, and, uh, you know, Gabriel Flores looked pretty damn good out there, man. 
some small flaws in his game, as Seattle Simon was mentioning in our group message, just little things that you could get onto fundamentally. Uh, but as he's on his way to, I think he's, uh, let me double check on this one real quick. I believe he's closer to the age of uh, uh, 18 than actually there right now. But, um, yeah, like I said, when I met the kid, he is a little 16-year-old, young young pup, still looks the same, still in a baby body, you know. And uh, I think that Gabriel Flores Jr., he's, uh, he's, he's definitely on that, he's on that way to seeing what's next and uh, moving himself up in the rankings. Because when you're looking at top rank right now, you're lumping up the young talent that's all in that same circle, uh, a lot of them from the Olympics, like the Shakur Stevens and Michaela Mayers of the world who are, like, in this, the next generation. And uh, you you got to throw Gabriel Flores Jr. in there. Um, after his fight with Ruiz especially, um, you know, he, he's moving on up into 18-0 and 0 right now. Uh, the 20-year-old lightweight prospects. That's how it feels like he is still a little 17-year-old to me. But 20 years old, man, dominated every round and won by a scorecard of 100 to 89 on all three scorecards. And uh, we all know that he needs to step up in competition, but we'll, uh, I'm going to take it to you first and ask JT the same. We don't know who he's going to fight next, but he wants all the smoke. They're, they're, this young man is nowhere near a vegan because he wants beef with everybody. He's one of those kind of kids who seems like he'll take it. And he has a, a great, uh, not great, a sad story involving his mother and all that stuff. And you see, uh, you hear his dad. And, you know, I met his dad before, right before I seen Willa at Staples Center last time we had went there. I was talking to him and Jose. And, uh, you know, his dad, you know, he rubs, you, he rubs you a little bit the wrong way, to be honest. But, you know, that's just kind of how those Stockton guys are. They're just like, you know, it's like us against the world type of mentality. And you can tell Gabriel Flores has that mentality in the way he fights. You hear his dad in the corner saying, you know, sharpen up, boy. And, you know, just giving him that, like, you know, my dad calls me boy. He, he, don't, he, he rarely calls me by my name. And when he tells me to do something and calls me boy, that shit pisses me off. But his game before his dad is the same kind of way. And you can see they have a really tight bond. And uh, Gable Flores Jr. definitely has a lot of promise to him. So, Willa, I want to know what your take is on uh, the fight, first and foremost, and what you see moving forward for Gable Flores Jr. Well, I think, uh, you know, when we, we've been talking about these guys that are under 25, under 23 years old, we've been talking about them for the last couple of weeks. You know, you got the Ryan Garcias, you got the Virgil Ortiz's, you got the Shakur Stevenson's, the Devin Haney's, the uh, T.O. Fimo Lopez. You got these guys. And we never mentioned Gabriel Flores Jr. And he is good. Mm-hmm. He is really good. But the difference between all those other guys is that, you know, he's he's one of the younger guys. I think he, he's like that. I think I just saw he's only 20 years old. But Yeah, he's 20. Yeah. But he doesn't, you know, he's very good. He, he has a lot to – he still has a little that he, can, that he can step up on. But he just doesn't have that the knockout. And I think that's what, you know, that's what he's missing. You know, Tiafimo's knocking people out. Shakur Stevenson, he wasn't knocking people out, but now he is. Devin Haney the same way. You know, most of these guys are giving a little more show. Even Ryan Garcia with the first round, beautiful knockout of his last opponent. Um, but, yeah, I think Flores, is he ready for the big dogs at lightweight? I'm not sure, man. Um, 
what do you think? Do you think he's ready? I know this is supposed to be your guy, but you never mentioned him either. But his story is so compelling that, you know, I mm-hmm. I remember seeing him. I remember, like, okay, yeah, I've seen him fight before. He's good, but he's not really – he's he's very skilled, but he isn't very – he doesn't seem very special yet, you know. Still a young guy, still a little mm-hmm. flabby, you know, still can be mm-hmm. – still can, uh, you know, get his man body. But his story, it reels me in every yeah. time, you know, with his mom. And they show – it was probably the same one that they showed last, his last fight. Uh, but that gets me every time. So you're rooting for the guy. And I think, you know, at 18 and 0, 20 years old, he's got a lot to – he's got, a, he's got a, a little more to grow, get his man body in. And I think he'll, be, he'll become the real deal because he's punching. He's punching. He's just, you know, he's got skills. He's got combinations. He's throwing. But he ain't really just sleeping, boys, like he really needs to be. And I think, uh, you know, maybe it was because his, his uh, back was hurt because he did have the guy stop early, uh, dropped him early. Um, but, you know, it wasn't a performance that you would want to see from somebody trying to make a make a claim for themselves, you know, on yeah. Thursday night boxing. So, you know, not saying that he didn't do good. Uh, he did an excellent job, but he should have made more. It was his chance to make more of an impact, I believe. I don't think he did it. But is he ready for the guys, the champions at 130? Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. I'm not <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Like, I mean, like I said, um, I've seen him. I've seen a, a couple of his fights he's put on. And uh, like you mentioned, he does like he doesn't have that, that chopped up look. Like, he ain't chiseled up, you know. But he's uh, – I think – I'm going to look it up for you, and I'm going to send it to you. It wasn't his last fight, but the fight before – he had had in his hometown of Stockton, he uh, had a pretty vicious one-punch knockout, I think, in the second round, I believe. And, uh, you know, that's when it was like, okay, he's probably on his way if he could keep this shit going. I don't know how bad his back was hurting. It's kind of something that you can't really, you can't really judge on, uh, you know, on a pain scale. So you, we, we really don't know. But, um, you know, it, to me, he seems like he needs, to, he needs to chill out a little bit, calm down. His cadence and his, his uh, communication was a little off. You know, that's kind of that's kind of the same thing. He reminded me of um, of Leo Santa Cruz when Leo Santa Cruz had lost his first fight and he was just kind of talking like out of breath, but still trying to talk fast at the same time. Like he just he 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 didn't know how to captivate an audience or just like, hey, I'm talking, you listen. You know, it wasn't it wasn't something like that. When he was speaking afterwards, he just seemed like, you know, he's just a young guy, man. Young guy, uh, the lights are bright and everything's just going so fast for him. He needed to chill out a little bit. But, um, you know, I, I like the kid a lot. I think that he's going to uh, make some big some big noise moving forward. Now, can can he compete with the guys at 130 and down the road go to 135, possibly 140 down? And we're talking like, you know, two, three years down the road. Absolutely. I think he's definitely going to be able to get there. Um, uh, I think he will be a world champion, and, um, you know, he's just, to me, he's just so, he's just, he's trained so hard. Um, I've seen the way his dad works him, and, uh, you know, his dad rides his ass. He reminds me of another Danny Garcia type, man, except him and his dad ain't friendly like that. His dad, they have a relationship, but, you know, his dad has a vicious side to him, and that rubs off on his son, you can tell. So it's a little different, but very similar in a lot of ways. Um, but, hey, uh, since Navarrete has stunk it up on hey hold on, on one, Saturday one quick one is Thursday yeah. is the night where the uh, where the uh, the 
old, the old, not, he, he wasn't even old, but the white guy beat the up and coming uh, Jewish guy, right? That was on Thursday yeah. night. Correct. Yes, that was Correct. Thursday. Yeah. Where, where the Jewish guy, I forgot his name, man. I, I'm trying to look it up real quick. But, uh, yeah, shout out to the Jewish fighters out there. Yeah, he got Jewish guy supposed <laughs> to be the next up and comer. Got signed to top rank. He, you know, one of those Greer moves. He's supposed to come up. Yeah, fighting the guy nobody's worried about. Um, a guy from the UFC, even, you know, that's, that's what stung, you know, I, when I'm on the road, I get that XM radio. So I get to listen to uh fight nation. And there's this guy that oh, okay, comes okay. on uh, after I can Barack. And he was just like, uh, I forgot his name, Luke, Luke Taylor or something. I don't know what it is, but he, uh, you know, he was talking a lot of noise. Oh yeah. Boxing, you know, UFC comes in here, gets the boxing win, you know, I'm letting everybody know that you can, you know, talking all that noise, doing the, you know. But he came in there. The Jewish guy, he looked like he was all right, but he just had no defense. You know, he had no defense. And it, and he was a friend. He boxed with uh, uh, the Max Chopinoff, who died uh, not too long ago. And it looked like the way he was getting beat, it looked like, he, you know, he was going to suffer the same thing because I believe he went to the hospital directly afterwards. So, you know, he got yeah. his ass looked by a guy – that he had no business in there losing to, man. Hey, there's been a lot of those upsets, man. Like, I was just talking shit about uh, Navarrete right now, the, the Mexican that's at 125, I believe, who's uh, highly touted, you know, headlined the fight on Saturday. And uh, he was fighting the guy that I felt so bad for in Lopez because this man was 13 and 13. They found him on a fucking taco stand. I'm 1,000% certain of it, even though I can't verify that to be confirmed. But, uh, hey, tough little fucking guy, man, going in there with Navarrete, the guy that was just getting pushed so hard. You could tell. In that fight, Navarrete, to me, lost the first three rounds. And he ended up getting him out of there in six. But his, his sense of urgency in the sixth round compared to the first five was so different. Yeah, he got him out of there. He got him out of there. But it, nothing special. You see a big, slow, goofy motherfucker who, like, when you're that that weight, you should be able to move fast. So Navarrete ain't getting no love from me today. We supposed to think, what would you say, Willa, in the group? We supposed to think that Shakur Stevenson scared of that guy or don't want to fight that guy? <laughs> That's a horrible measuring stick if we're going to try and put Navarrete up there as far as any upper echelon competition. But, um I'll leave it at that for right now. Um, you know, um, yeah, I'll leave it at that. We'll just cover the small ones moving up forward. Let's get to the steak and potatoes, man. Hey, Navarrete is the real deal, man. Nah, like, he's the lowest take this Let's time. be honest, Will. He, he's get, I could kick his ass. Hey, that boy's the real deal. Nah, he'll probably sleep you, dog. And he only weighs one. What is he at, 120? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Stop it. Bro, He's this out guy's here the slowest pounds. punches for me, 126, bro. That's the slowest punches I've ever seen from a guy. Well, I was watching the fight Saturday, just sitting down, legs crossed, and just arms crossed, not impressed at all. My boys are all, what's wrong with you? You all right? You okay? Something wrong? I said, this motherfucker right here, this is what's wrong with me, man. This is why boxing, they can't get it right. We're pushing guys like Navarrete, man. This guy, he is not the goods, man. I'm sorry. We can agree to disagree on this one, Will. Uh, Shakur Stevens is going to beat his ass in one round if they get in there, which I I, I doubt they want to do that. But I'm going to get to his ass in the beginning. What was that? Hey, what was that? What, uh, what was that song that Deontay Wilder was dancing to? Was that some, some TLC or some shit? I haven't heard that for a very long time. But I'll never hear that song 
ever, ever, ever the same again. I'm gonna need me. I'm gonna need a JP rant on this one because he started off. JP, oh, Uncle JP came in hard. As soon as I asked, how's everything going in Southern California? My man had a one-liner real quick talking about if Deontay Wilder could <laughs> could throw his could move his hands the way he shakes his hands. <laughs> we might got something untouchable. Well, uh, my man EK is the only reason I've seen this first and foremost. It was probably on some other sort of boxing forums, but I try to stay away from those things because a lot of people are just one opinionated talking kind of crazy shit like that. But uh, uh, la, la, la. I'm going to see if I – I'm not even going to look the video. Fuck that. We're just going to talk about it. So Deontay Wilder posts a video on his Instagram story – or his Instagram handle, I'm sorry, not story. Uh, and he's chilling with his family, uh, you know, enjoying himself. Looks like everything's going all right. He was, you know, had a nice June uh, Juneteenth post on Friday where I was uh, talking about the free-ish part uh, that Deontay Wilder had posted uh, free-ish since 1865 in America. And I'm always rocking with Deontay Wilder. Um, you know, ever since he put Radio Raheem's clown ass in his place till this day, I've always been, ever since then, you know, it, it just, you know, I've always been critical on Wilder, but I respected the fact that he was always a, a proud black man in America and, and would, you know, voice his opinions on certain things. And, and you know, I just like how Deontay Wilder is, is a, a proud individual. And, you know, he's, he's a great guy, you know, got in the boxing at 18 to take care of his daughter who had a, 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 a spinal, uh, uh, you know, issue. I forget what it's called exactly off the top of the head right now. But, um, a video had surfaced. I don't know who had posted it, um, but it was that was off an of Instagram story. And so I follow my man EK, you know, from over OTG Legend, you know, uh, 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 well, OTG uh, Celebrity Correspondent, we called him, um, owner of the Proud South Box Gym over in the Bronx. He posted a video of two of them, as I said, that got the first one got 3,962 views. And Clabson says, this new generation is different. Hashtag shaking my head, hashtag Deontay Wilder, hashtag twerking. And we see Deontay Wilder chilling in some tight jeans. He looks like he's been dancing for a while. He is sweaty as shit. Look like he's just getting out the sixth round. He might just been getting warmed up, you know, loosened up. It don't matter. You could wipe. You know, when, when players are getting interviews after the game, especially the NBA, they wipe their head with a towel, boom, they clean. But the next few seconds, sweating, dripping already. That's how Deontay Wilder looked right here. My man does a full-on, like, you know, I've seen people say, oh, he's with his family twerking. Ain't no big deal. He ain't in the club doing that. But when he finished doing, no, <laughs> no pun intended, but when he was done doing his, you know, he started doing a normal twerk, I guess you could call it that. Then he's like, oh. Oh, he, he did the old Billy Mays from the infomercials you would see on the late night ESPN at 11-something where he says, but wait, there's more. And Deontay Wilder decided to put this bitch in speed bag mode, Floyd Mayweather. Brrr. My man started doing a crazy twerk, and when he finished up, he walked off like he wasn't like turned around at the crowd laughing like, yo, y'all see me goofing off? He walked off like, yeah. I killed that. I killed that. Willa, 
whose fucking man's is this, bro? Because, yo, I'm looking at it like, we know Tyson Fury. You, me, JP, son, we know Tyson Fury does not need any material to get somebody and put the roast on, you know? My man Tyson Fury must have been a chef since he is three years old. He's been roasting people for so long. And you won't give him this material right now? I wonder if I'm Deontay Wilder, which family member I got to look at sideways for posting this shit for me getting the talk of the town. Now, you know, Uncle R.C., I started getting my bag. I got to get in the investigation mode. I got to find out what's going on. I had to take it to the Twitter sphere. Shout out to NWO Podcast. They got opinion. <laughs> and I, I reached out to them about, I think it was about 2 o'clock today about this one. Um, and, uh, yeah, we made some pretty decent waves over here. They got a nice following. And, um, man, it's a lot of the same type of, like, you know, I was, I was showing this video to my boys in Florida. They're not big. Uh, they're big on football and, uh, and, and bodybuilding. So I saw them this one because they know they're, they're, you know, casual boxing fans. And they said, what the fuck? We about to get, we about to get knocked out again. When he said, we about to get knocked out again, that changed my whole perspective of it. I said, damn, Deontay Wilder is not just doing this to himself. He's doing it to everybody who believes in him. We were over here in a divided country in shambles where you got RC, who knows nothing about NASCAR, rocking with a dude named Bubba Wallace because he's holding it down as the lone black driver in the sport that had a fucking Confederate flag hung up by the rest of the flags all around throughout every venue. That's where we at right now. And you got Deontay Wilder. I mean, hey, I'm trying to get a cold, I'm trying to get a hold of Kevin Black earlier. Normally, if I hit up Kevin Black, yeah, yo, what's the word about why Bill Belichick didn't play Malcolm Butler in the Super Bowl? This man's got inside sources from the Patriots organization and has always got in-depth information to send me. Ain't heard a peep from him. I go online and see all the Wilder fan base. That ain't him. That can't be him. That's not my bronze mama. Tell me it ain't him. I don't know what Deontay Wilder was thinking doing this. I can tell you right now, I ain't never twerked a goddamn day in my life. Gangsters, we two-step, you know? But um, at least that's how I was told growing up. <laughs> that's how I heard. We, oh, we, don't, we boogie, you know? But, uh... Because sometimes you see some of these dances get a little too uh, feminine-like. You see Odell do some things that's a little suspect. Um, you know, hell, you've even seen Adrian Broner, uh, you know, do a little bit, you know, the, the dancing in his first premier boxing championship showdown against uh, John Molina. That just speaks for itself. Um, for me, though, you know, I was never the biggest Wilder fan, but like I said, I did grow to respect the guy. You know, how could you not? And this one right here just threw me a fucking curveball. Willa, I got to ask you, man, what was your initial thoughts when you seen Deontay Wilder twerking? And a two-part question would be, what is Tyson Fury thinking when he sees this shit, man? The stage is yours. Well, well, when I first saw it, I didn't think too much of it. Because, like I said, as a father of super children, you like the clown every now and then. And the old dad twerking. Is a clown move. So I'm thinking he's drunk. He's clowning for his people. I'm just watching it. 
I'm not, you know, I'm looking at it from, from afar. You know, I'm not really right on it. So then, you know, I, I hear I, you talking more about it. So I'm like, let me, let me look a little closer. So I look a little closer and I see that he's doing, you know, he's, he's doing the, he's twerking for real. You know, this isn't the old man twerk. He's trying to twerk for real. No homo, you know? Um, and I felt a little embarrassed for him for itself, you know, very suspect move, but these days guys are dancing. Everybody's a dancing machine. You know, he's from Alabama. It means he's, you know, they might have a little new Orleans feel, you know, in new Orleans, everybody's twerking. You know, they learn, you learn how to twerk when you're a, when you're a young baby, everybody's twerking. But then as you grow older, you stop twerking because it's very feminine, but you probably still know how to do it, man. So, you know, at first, I didn't know what to think. And then, you know, I just had to put it under, uh, put the water under the bridge because I watched the whole, like the whole thing. It was on uh, some YouTube channel and I watched like the, him dancing and him talking at the end. And he's still talking that shit that makes me, you know, say, Hey, he can, he can slip up. He can get knocked out. He can uh, be twerking, but you know, he's still, he's still my guy at this point in time until I, you know, until I see a kiss of man, you know, I'm a, I'm all right. He's all right with me. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take it as far as you took. I don't even know if you took it that far, you know, on, on the show. But as far as you were taking it on the text, I'm not gonna take it that far. But uh, you know, that's still my guy. I'm rocking with him. Um, just hopefully he was probably he was probably a little tipsy, but I don't think he drinks. So he's probably just hype. You know, he's twerking. He thought he was doing something. It's just that you know everybody has that one friend that does a little too much, thinks he's doing something, but, you know, he thought he did something player, but he had, he was acting ass. And that's what I think happened. <laughs> <laughs> happened hey, look, man. He thought he did something. I ain't trying to tell He thought he was showing people something, but, <laughs> no. Hey, he was proud of that shit, man. He was real happy about that. That's what I was a little confused about. But um, I'm not going – I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. To me, the suspect radar went off, and it's not the first time from what – uh, digging up, I've 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 came across that Wilder. Is, I don't know, man. Wilder's just a bootleg guy to me. He's just a, a strange dude, man. Like you know, Shug would talk about it all the time, and uh, uh, you know, I mean, I think Shug was the first person on the show to talk about Wilder was cooning after he had knocked out. Uh, I can't remember who it was, but he was shucking and jiving after the fight on each corner when he was doing a funny move. I don't know. I was like this, man. And it was just weird to me to see him doing that. And I just, I just, you know, uh, you know, observe the, the afterwards. Cause we've seen Adrian Bronner and take Davis do some suspect dancing, but they're laughing afterwards. Like, yo, we joking. This is like, yo, we goofing off. Deontay Wilder went off like he, you would think that the man just hit a goddamn home run and he was getting ready to round the fucking bases. That's how proud of his work that he's seen. I'm going to take it to JP because I got to hear what JP thinks about this one. Will has been a little bit like, you know, it wasn't no big thing, chilling with his family. Hey, he could be right. But to me, I don't know. My skeptical eyebrow is raised very high right now. JP with this twerking video that Deontay Wilder, he's twerking better than my girl. Getting lower than my girl. I got a problem with that. I don't like it. Yeah, man. I don't want with, with, with JP. When you talk about uh, it was a different deal uh, when 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 Anthony Joshua. I want my, my I want my heavyweight to talk like Mike Tyson. I want my heavyweight. I want my heavyweight champion of America to be a, a vicious, ruthless killer like Mike Tyson. I couldn't deal with this. 
fattest heavyweight in the planet being a fucking gentleman like Anthony Joshua. It just it just don't it just don't go the right way together. So JP, with this one right here, what was your initial thoughts about this? And you think Tyson Fury got to be like, yo, this dude is lunch meat now? <laughs> what was your thoughts about this, man? Well, you know, man. Deontay's always been kind of cringeworthy. You never know what's coming out of his mouth. <clears throat> uh, for me, I mean, like, so, so some context to it. This this apparently came off De- Deontay's wife's social media, um, and then Dillian White is the one who sent it out there. Dillian White got a hold of it and, uh, you know, really put him on blast for it. <clears throat> now he's clowning with the family, man, look. I clown with the family. Um, my daughters, you know, they like certain little dance stuff that's, you know, camp rock and all these kind of things. And I'll mess around and try to do a little, little, little dance move with them and stuff. But you cannot even be my friend. If if, if Deontay Wilder was one of my close homeboys and he broke out <laughs> into that, dog, we have like a serious talk. I'm like, my nigga, why are you moving your butt like that for? Like, he wasn't doing a, a, a mocked version of it. Look, man, no homo. Oh, no. His ass was shaking. His ass was shaking, man. And no man's body should move like that, in my estimation. You, there, you should not even think to contort your body in such ways unless you're intimate with a woman. And, you know, so... I'm totally against the look of that. I don't I don't know what got into Deontay. Um, it's not a good look. It looks like, uh, in, in fact, he has done it before. I, I believe you can find it online. Hey, JP, uh, Deontay, you be twerking in the bed yeah. with your wife? Uh, oh, you know, I might do a mock version of that when I'm getting busy. <laughs> <that's> you know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, I might I'll do, do that. Yeah, well, trying to string you along in that. You know what? Now look, man. If that was in the privacy with him and his woman, and she thinks that's funny, and she gets aroused by it, and maybe it's some type of stripper move, right? Maybe it's one of them fucking black stripper dude moves where they be doing all kind of shit. I don't know. I will say this: um, definitely not a good look. Um, Ness at the boxing voice. Shout out to them. Ness said, you know. Deontay does this all the time in camp. In fact, you can find um, other footage where he's doing this. So, you know, he's 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 not accustomed to twerking. You could tell by the um, just by how good he was doing it. It wasn't the first time, man. Well, that actually takes, you know, there's classes, you know, for twerking, and Deontay is doing that shit um, better than you know many of the girls on on my timeline. So it's just a terrible look, a bad look for Deontay. Um, he should probably get that one out the repertoire. You know what I mean? If that's one of your go-tos when you're having a good time, let me twerk real quick. Uh, go on ahead and just remove that one from the repertoire of, you know, the antics you do when you have a good time, Deontay, because it's pretty damn disgusting. And uh, I don't think anybody's going to forget about it. Yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Yeah, no, he's giving a lot of ammo to Tyson Fury, and I hate that's what you know. That was that was the first thing I thought. It's like, why is he doing this to himself? You know, I didn't think I didn't think much of the 
of the twerking because, like I said, he's with his family. He's clowning. He thinks he's doing You know, it just is what it is. But you're giving people like Dillian White, Tyson Fury, the the ammo that they need, you know. Like you said, it's very cringeworthy, you know, when he talks. Even though I like, I've been liking what he's, he's, he's been saying the, uh, you know, the last couple of months. You know, he still talks very, you know, it's very troublesome to me to hear him speak live, but he's giving these guys more and more ammo, and Tyson Fury's going to run with this. He's going to be, I haven't seen him post anything yet. Tyson Fury, you really never know with him. Like R.C. said, he does talk a lot of, a lot of trash, and he talk, but he also is very respectful. He, he also seems to be like a very respectful guy when he's not talking trash, so you never know which way he's going to go with this. Uh, he hasn't posted anything on it, but Billy and White sure has, and you know, that's a guy that I like, but I don't like. It's a guy that I love to hate, let's say that. You know, I like I like what he's doing out there. I like that he's talking shit. I like that he's fighting everybody. I don't think he's the best. And I want to see Deontay Wilder knock him out. But he's a guy that's talking shit. And Wilder just gave every shit talker that fights him a, uh, you know, some ammo. But, if you know, if he's done and it Wilder before. Wilder should not be so good at that. Shouldn't be so good at it. No, he shouldn't. Unless, like you said, he might have been. He might be be straight. He might have had to strip at one time, man. You know. But like you said, no man should be doing should be twerking like that. You know. Like I said, you could do the fake twerk, the the dad twerk where you know you're not doing anything. Your your ass ain't gyrating, and it's pretty. It makes me feel pretty weak that I had to watch that. You know, as I'm talking about it, find myself having to say uh, no homo in my you know a lot to myself, and, you know, I don't even like that he made his fans watch that, or his wife did, you know, so, hopefully, hopefully, we check take, like woman. you said, you take that out You gotta check your woman, man, this is when wifey done done some shit she thought is cute, in every relationship, if you're a stand-up guy, I believe you come through the time where you have to tell your wife, look, for Father's Day, here's what you do, for my birthday, Here's the ballpark I need you to work in. Because she has good intentions, but she'll just do shit you don't like for your birthday if you don't tell her. She'll be trying to take you to Disneyland and shit, and you're like, well, I just really want to lay down and eat a hot dog. You know, so this is a learning experience for Deontay. Deontay, got to tell her, hey, but yeah, make sure you run and stuff by <laughs> me before you release any footage. Yeah, most definitely. I don't know. Yeah, she set him up. He set himself up. That should have been taken down immediately, you know. But he set himself up doing it while he knew cameras was around. Because she filmed the whole thing. And he had a little speech at the end. And, uh, you know, I thought he did a good job. He's he's, pre- he's presenting himself well, except for the twerking. He's, uh, you know, he's stepping up for the cause. And I, you know, I like what Wild is doing. So, like I said, I'm not going to hold this against him. Very cringeworthy. But I'm just—it's just another feather in the cap for for me. Um, uh, RC said he's gonna have—he's he's taking a call real quick, so that might mean he's gone. JP, why don't you uh, talk about topics you want to talk about? The uh, Adrian Broner may be fighting uh, uh, Gary Russell Jr. You said. That was one of them. One of them I'm a little more interested is, uh, you know, the Terrence Crawford saga. We got a story today on Boxing News that it could be potentially your Dennis Ugas. 
And that's one I think we're all hoping for, but just can't see happening. And so the most likely suspect, you know, coming out of the pandemic here has been always been Kell Brook. Uh, seems like it'd be the easy fight to make, has the name notoriety, and shouldn't be asking for a check that's too much to ask for. But what does that do for Bud? You know, do we want to see Bud fighting a guy that was dis- dismantled by Errol Spence and Gennady Golovkin? How, what does that do for Bud? And I find that Bud's in a particular situation here because out of the guys that we continue, consider the tops in the welterweight division, Bud is obviously the guy that's lacking opposition and has been. And there's a lot of people that want to put him ahead of guys and rank him. You know, some people have number one pound for pound, let alone the welterweight division. <clears throat> but, you know, Bud isn't fighting the guys. So I think that you're now is that Bud really needs to mix it up here with somebody that we care about. And if it's Kell Brook, I'll watch. But I expect Bud to be able to finish uh, Kell Brook. You have to believe Kell Brook is a, a broken fighter and hasn't fought at 147 pounds in a long time. Uh, of course, there's Sean Porter possibly in the mix. We are, we're still talking about Errol Spence, which probably isn't going to happen right now. pretty certain of that. <clears throat> then there's Pacquiao So, you know, what do we want to do here? You know, that would be a, a fantastic fight They could take anywhere overseas um, Anywhere you go, people are going to pay to see Manny Pacquiao Especially versus Terrence Crawford um, I don't know if you're Manny if, if this is considered a cash-out fight for you I mean, I thought Keith Thurman was going to beat Manny You know, and we see what happened there So I'm not 100% sure you know, the outcome there, and I wouldn't be surprised if Manny and Pacquiao causes them some real problems, but you have to think the advantage will go to Crawford being, you know, a lot younger, bigger, stronger, faster, you, you may even say in some rounds. So it's going to be interesting to see, but the new guy who's keeping his uh, feather in the cap, so to speak, is Udenis Yugas. And uh, this is a guy I've been keeping up with on social media to a bit. Because I just feel like he's a he's a monster that nobody's gonna want, want to fight. He's that winky right, you know. Back in his time, that guys were avoiding, and every time he got in that ring, he was giving somebody a dog fight. Uh, so, a lot of potentials out there for old Bud, but he has to do something. You know, 2020. I think the pandemic has given their strategic team some relief in half of the year being gone by without making a move. So maybe they can ride out the rest of the year with the Kellbrook fight and maybe try to look for something in 2021. But still, I think that the narrative, the sentiment remains is that out of all the guys out, out of the merry-go-round at welterweight, Terrence is obviously the guy that isn't fighting the competition. And it's just a matter of time before we can keep having him on this status without some uh, proof being in the pudding. Yeah, you know, I, I'm a Terrence Crawford guy. Um, he is one of my top guys, my favorite fighters in the game, uh, one of them. And, you know, I usually back up his back up what, he, what he's doing. And, you know, I understand that he's the dark horse over there on the other side, don't have too many other big fights that people don't want to fight him. But if he fights Kell Brook, you know, I'm going to have to 
defer to what everybody else saying. Um, because if I remember it right, when they were talking noise, when him and Earl Spence was talking noise, he was saying, you know, Kell Brook, he was, you know, he's washed, he's done, uh, you know, something of that nature. Or maybe in the interview. But I just remember for sure Terrence Crawford saying Kell Brook was done. Um, so for him to fight Kell Brook, he'd be fighting somebody that he's already admitted is done, you know, unless for, unless he fights in front of nobody for the same amount that he would be regularly getting, you know, I'm going to have a problem with it. If he fights him for less money, um, you know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense, but you know, it, it is what it is. I'm, I would rather see him fight out of the guys that are, that are being that are in question. I want to see him fight Manny Pacquiao. Like you said, you pick you pick Keith Thurman to win. Me myself, I pick Manny Pacquiao to win. I think Manny Pacquiao is you know the second best, probably the second best boxer of make of our time. Definitely, uh, Roy Jones is up there, but he's up there. Him and Roy are up there, number two. He, he's had the greatest career, and I think he believes that he can beat these guys. Um, you know, at first he didn't want to fight Crawford. Then I'm hearing, you know, we heard Bob Aram saying that he's getting the fight done. Um, but we also hearing about Ugas, who gave uh, Ugas, who gave Porter that uh, the hell of a fight. Um, I would love to see that fight too. Anybody but Kell Brook. Um, but that's probably, well, you say Ugas is is what they're reporting. But we're probably gonna see Kell Brook. You know, and that's pro- and, and that's because they want to make the most money. When they when they fight these fights, so unless he fights Manny Pacquiao, what they were saying maybe in China somewhere, but uh, the way this COVID is acting up, people might be shutting down again pretty soon. So we ain't seeing Uga really more than likely. I think it's I think it's a disservice to Bud at this point of his career. You know the grooming process. We're we're done with that years ago at this point. You know, and you to me you've kind of been in this stale spot where you're just on the brink of stardom. But it's just people in their agendas keeping, you know, you could argue that there's people in their agendas that's keeping Terrence in this conversation because obviously the opposition is not there. But, you know, it's it's a matter of time. It has to happen. I feel like it's a growing sentiment out there. And even those who are on that side of the street, per se, are starting to say the same thing. And if he goes ahead and confirms everyone's understanding here, and take the easy way out, which is we consider to be Kell Brook. Uh, you know, to just be another instance of you know uh, some low risk, high reward type of payday, and you know, and people will keep banging the drum for Bud, but to me, it's becoming overwhelmingly obvious that he's the odd man out, and he's no spring chicken. You know, Bud is in his uh, mid thirties, get close to the mids, if I'm not mistaken. So. If you're Bud, you got to start doing something for that legacy. Also, the check. You know, I'm sure these checks are not bad, but um, there's a lot more money to be made in some big fights. Yeah, most definitely. So you going in and out? Oh, my bad. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I was saying that. 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 Yeah, I was
Willie, you got a bad reception, man. You got a bad one. Let me let me let me jump in. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Willie got a bad reception. Um, another topic from the rumor mill, of course, that we'll cover is uh, Adrian Broner and his options. You know, funny thing about old AB is that AB does have plenty of options. There's plenty of guys out there who can use an A-B fight, right? We'd watch that. Uh, Mikey Garcia rematch. We'd watch that. Um, Keith Thurman. You know, there, there, there's plenty of fights for old A-B out there. Um, and the one, one of the new ones that's been thrown into the hat today is Gary Russell Jr., another guy who's having trouble finding a, a, a dance partner. Down there at 126, I believe Gary Russell <clears> – <throat> Is one of the longest reigning champions in boxing, and still, you know, you just you you don't seem to hear a lot of people calling his name. Um, you hear Gary saying names, but they don't seem to say Gary's name in response. At least in my estimation, I could be wrong. But uh, <clears throat> Gary said he'd go up there and get with AB. Now I don't see how this fight could happen at uh at any weight either guy could make. I don't know that Broner can even make 140 at this point. Um, the biggest Russell could possibly go is something like 133. or So I, I just don't think it, it could happen just because of the weight difference. And um, that, that'd be Russell going up and fighting a much bigger guy. <clears throat> but that's been kind of the story of Broner's career. Um, question, if Broner would have stayed at a smaller weight, uh, could he have been more effective? What he's done out here, and he's, he's gone and got the money, he's got the bag. But, um, you know, he's taking some, some beatings in that ring where he's just holding his hands up and being defensive. Um, and many would say because he's just fighting bigger guys, guys bigger than he should be fighting. And that would probably be the likely outcome if Russell were to try to get that fight. But if you're Broner, <clears throat> you got to get back in the ring. There's still, a, you know, a lot of people that want to see you fight. Those numbers don't lie. Um, I think the numbers that Adrian does, you know, they speak for themselves. Um Guy's formidable. He's one win away, still a win away to be right back in the conversation. And, um, you know, it'd be great for boxing, man. And me also, just as a fan, if, you know, if somehow, some way we could just get that Broner, we've always felt that was in there if he just let it go. You know, if we could just get that guy. And um, it'd be great for boxing and also his career. But the saga continues. Uh, I don't see why we can't see Crawford Broner. I think the money's too big. You know, that fight have to be pay-per-view, and it's not pay-per-view worthy. So, you know, Broner, a lot of guys, lots of guys out there who can get in the mix. Um, I think right now we're trying to figure out who we can get a W with uh, Broner. That would be great for PBC and, you know, just going forward in that division, getting Broner a W here by somebody with an actual post would be a good situation. But, as we've seen, that proves to be an issue. So, Saga continues. Uh, Who will be AB's next opponent, Willis? Man, I'm not sure. Adrian Broner, he's on uh, IG talking noise, talking about how he's, uh, you know, he's done dumb boxing. He's a rapper now. He's doing skits in restaurants and uh, stuff like that. So, I don't know who AB's going to fight. 
AB always has a special place in my heart, you know, guy that I like, the guy that I want to see do good. So, you know, fight or not, I don't, uh, you know, uh, AB still my guy. But as far as him fighting Gary Russell Jr., Gary Russell Jr. has been doing a lot of shit talking the last two years, ever since he's uh, he embarrassed himself, the USA, and all black America by going in there and looking like a skilled bum against Lomachenko. But ever since then, he's been whooping boys' ass, and he's been making making me a believer again. And this guy, you know, when you watch his interviews, he talks a lot of shit. He says he's willing to fight anybody. It don't matter what weight. I think he's saying he's walking around at like 142 or something like that, maybe. He may have said 132. But it's either 142, 132. You know, he can get to 138. He fight Broner at 142. I think it would be a good fight that, you know, hopefully Broner would win, but it ain't going to happen. Broner is asking for, I think, $10 million for his next fight. I think, you know, like you said, he's done very well for himself, even though he turned down, I think, $30 million from Jay-Z, which he would have, you know, he would have been doing his thing there. But seems like he ain't hurting for money. Um, so I don't know if we're going to see him fight anybody. And if he does, he needs to fight at 140. You know, welterweights are too big for him. He needs to fight at 140. Maybe he can fight, uh, uh, what's my man's name? Uh, Ruggeroo. What's the Ruggeroo's name? I got it. Got from yeah, the, uh, we just progress. Progress, yeah. Yeah, yeah, progress, yeah. Yeah, they be talking noise to each other, so maybe he can fight him. But Broner, if he's going to fight, he needs to be at 140. And he needs to let his hands go. But that's been the story of uh, Adrian Bonner's career. Let your hands go. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm almost almost done with with AB. Yeah. And there's a sliver of hope, but I'm almost done with AB to just say, hey, you know, good career. I think he's a, what, four-division, four-division champ? Three or four-division champ. Uh, I think it's four. Not a lot of people can, can say they did that. So, you know. He's got his way in the history books, and he had a good career if he hangs it up now. But there is still that hope that he's got that two more fights in him. A sliver of hope, man. We got anything on the calendar upcoming we want to preview, or is that a wrap? <clears throat> yeah, no, there's the fights that are on uh, ESPN on Tuesday and Thursday. I think it's some brothers, some small small dudes are fighting. Uh, Andrew Maloney is fighting on Tuesday, headlining at the MGM Grand. He's fighting uh, Jose Franco. And then uh, Joshua, uh, Jason Maloney is fighting on Thursday. So these uh, brothers are fighting. Two young guys. I think they've been knocking knocking everybody out. Um, But nothing too special. And then Burchell is fighting on Saturday. And we saw exactly what the Saturday fights are in Mexico there. They're going to serve Burchell up a, a nice carne asada they're going to eat up. So, you know, probably the same type of thing. But it's on ESPN, so you won't be able to check it out uh, for some reason. Even though you got, even though you got the whatchamacallit. What I got? You've got, you got the uh, You got the VIP, don't you? Oh fuck! I forgot about VIP. Oh man, you saved my life. I forgot about VIP. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. We back on. We back on. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah that's I did that. 
Yes, sir. But yeah, I think that's it, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. RC, everybody wish RC luck. He's talking about getting a job. So, uh, yeah, I'll pray for RC, man. But I think that's where we're going to leave it there, JP. Sounds good, my brother. Wrap it up. All right, then, man. From Houston to Inglewood to Central Valley. This is Outsiders Boxing Podcast. Represent doing what like we like to do. And we'll catch y'all next time. Peace. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.